0: As we were singing, preparing for the Lord's Supper, to do this in memory of Him. I believe that has application not to just our gathering around the Lord's table and partaking of the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. I think it's our worship service. Do this in memory of Him. I think it applies to our Christian life. That as we live, we do this in memory of Him. We understand our being a part of the body and of Christ as being the head. And that obligation that we have to be responsive to the head. And that need that we have for the body to be together. And we need to reflect upon that in our life. Our commitment. Our commitment to Christ. Our commitment to one another. And our commitment to God. Do we understand and appreciate and sense the, the depths of God's love for us in preparing for our redemption, then of his establishing the body, which is the church. And how do we view this body? Do we see things physically, so we have a time set aside and we kind of mosey in towards that time frame and kind of gather around before we settle down to, to really remember what it is that has brought us together. And for us to remember why we have been brought together. And to reflect in our lives, not only now, but as we live day by day of how do Christians function together and be in being this body of Christ. You just think about all of us and who we are and the, the age gaps that we have between us. We're coming from different cultures, different parts of the country even from different countries. We come from different upbringings. Some of us came from a Christian home. and Some of us came to Christ later on in our lives. Some of us know the Bible fairly well, very well. Some of us are beginning to learn what the Bible is teaching and our obligation and our responsibility to it. We need to learn how Christians come together and how we function together. You look at Paul as he's addressing the church in Corinth. And you see all of those different nationalities and all those different backgrounds that are there. Then they have something different that we do not have today. They had distinctions in spiritual gifts that were given to to them. Some had one particular gift and others had another one. They all came together to be one body. The struggle is for us to understand the differences, and that is what Paul is doing in 1 Corinthians 12 is trying to explain our differences of a part of the body, but of our unity that we have together as the body of Christ. And to see our dependence upon one another and of our need to support one another. Paul began that as we read in the reading this morning in verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, and so also is Christ. We are one body. There is something that ties us together. It's a deep foundation being rooted and grounded in who God is, of who Christ is, the depth of their love for us, the compassion they have with us, the challenge they lay before us, and the need for us to see, first, the head. Christ is the head. He controls the body. Mentioned in verse 18, he has placed us in the body as it has pleased him. He has us where he wants us to be. We sometimes have that tendency of struggling among one another. What we see our talents may be or what we would like our talents to be. And if we're not where we think we ought to be, then sometimes we do not want to do anything. But God has placed us where He wants us to be. He has a purpose behind His body and what He wants to accomplish with His body. And it is unique in a sense. The body of Christ is everything that in the world, the world seeks after. But they look for it in all the wrong places. We legislate laws. That there will be equality. We forget restrictions that are involved in that equality, that are God given. And we do not have what we legislate. We're to have the same care for one another, and we strive for that in society. We set up organizations and foundations and whatever else it is, so that we would have the same care for one another and That has not worked either. Work is doing what God has said in the way that God has said to do it. For there to be this unity of many members, different talents, different backgrounds, and being united into one body and learning to work and to function. And that one body, and to understand that we all start where we are, and yet we can all grow. Jesus and given the, what we call the parable of the talents, the one who's given five gained five more, the one who's given two gained two more, and the one who had one could have gained at least one more. Is simply using what God has given to us, not what we think we ought to have, or Are being jealous of what someone else has the capability of doing. And to work under that one head, again, which is Christ. In verse 13, we are one body, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks. Whether slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. You think about those divisions, they still exist in the world today. There are still Jews that will identify themselves as Jews, and there are still Greeks. That was just another term for one who was not a Jew in that time frame. So those distinctions are still there. They're still slaves. And they're still free people. That has not changed. But in the body of Christ, all of those differences are gone. Again, what the world is seeking for is found within the body of Jesus Christ. But for that unity, for that oneness, for that working together, regardless of background or nationalities or capabilities and talents and whatever else it may be, all comes about by, one, an individual understanding that outside Christ, they are nothing. And that they have to come to Christ in a way that he has prescribed, being baptized into this one body. And there the distinctions are gone. At times being able to Worship with military congregations, being stationed there where the church was. It's always interesting that in the church, in the military, you were all brothers and sisters in Christ. But when you walked out of the gathering of God's people together and you went to the base and to your place of work, the distinctions were there. There were distinctions between enlisted men and officers. And there was a way to respect each other in those categories. But in the church, you were one. That's the uniqueness of this body of Christ. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. Again, going beyond the the Lord's Supper, which is definitely what he has referenced to, to the uniqueness of this body of Christ. An understanding that in this body of Christ, there is to be a oneness that is grounded in what God has done through Christ Jesus. There is this tie that binds us together. That nothing in the world can separate. And let alone one another within the body to separate. Again, that's what Paul is bringing out here in this 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Accepting the differences of talents and capabilities. Accepting the differences of functions that God has in stores of how each one is used. But recognizing the the preciousness of this one body that belongs to Christ and our need to, to cherish that. Do we come together, as we have this morning, out of obligation, out of habit, out of a sense that we need to be there, or somebody may be calling asking what happened to us, and don't want, do not want to be embarrassed. What brings us together? And how do we view this time that has been set aside to come together? Do we treat it with that sense of all, love, commitment? Or do we have that commonness that we may develop, but we're not careful? Well, when we get there, we'll be okay. Something is holding us back, whatever it may be. There's something about being in the presence of God. Yea, he lives in the world. Yea, wherever we are in the world, God is there. But there is something about being in the presence of God's people who have come together for the purpose of praising, honoring, and glorifying God, giving thanks to God for the privilege that you have this morning to be able to express gratitude that you can be his and that you can be a part of what he has eternally planned in order for us to be able to serve him we all come into the body of Christ the same way it's hearing the gospel. It's believing the message. It's a willingness to confess that Jesus is the Savior. The willingness to repent of sins that separate us from God. The willingness to obey Christ in baptism. To be buried in the likeness of His death. In order that we may be raised in the likeness of His resurrection. That we could have that hope of a Eternal resurrection to be with God eternally. But there is a life that he does expect. There is this price that was paid for this uniqueness of the Lord's church that again is unparalleled in the world. Are we willing to understand? That there is to be this unity within the body of Christ. That there is diversity, he goes on to say. The different members, eyes, nose, mouth, ears, tongue, feet, hands, and whatever else. It's all there. The problem that we have spiritually is that when we dismiss all these little individual members scatter. And sometimes we do not see each other for another week. It's a good thing the physical body doesn't do that. We'd be in trouble. If the physical member is just scattered, okay, time's over. We've had enough time together, we're going our separate ways. Is that what we do spiritually? Do we understand the uniqueness of this body that we have physically and how closely tied the members are to one another and how dependent they are upon each other and how they work together? Yea, if one member is injured, The other members will chip in and compensate for that. But we're grateful for each member in the job that they do. I've never tried it, nor have I ever wanted to try it. Walking on your hands. You may do that for a while, but I promise you, walking on your hands is not the same as walking with your feet the body will compensate and do that for a short period of time. That's not what it was designed for. And when one member is injured, we compensate for it, yes, in the physical body and in the spiritual body. But it's not designed that way. God designed the physical body and the spiritual body to work together to compensate for each other and to help each other to heal. And to support each other along the way. The beauty that we have and what God has created and God has designed. The body has many parts and not just one part. Again, if we do not see the humor at times in in God, we're missing something. He said, Can you imagine a gigantic eyeball rolling down the street? If the whole body was one member, where would the body be? Or can you imagine, you know, just a gigantic ear going down the street all by itself. Well, that's impossible. It's not how it is designed. And spiritually, we are designed to have many members that are closely connected to each other and that work together for a common cause. And that is to glorify God and to show the world that what you are looking for, what you are striving to legislate, can only be found through the surrender of self to the will of God. Then you will find a unity. Otherwise, it's not going to be there. You know, just a quick look around the world will remind us of that. And that we are dependent upon each other. That we do need each other. Again, the body will adapt. It has always been able to adapt. The loss of legs, artificial legs can be given. Other means can be used for, for mobility. The body adapts. God designed it. And God designed the spiritual body. When one's not there, yes, there's a loss. The body can't adapt. But the body functions so much better. It's able to do the work that God has intended it to do when every member is alive, active, and aware of the fact that whatever it is that they do, the glory is not theirs. The glory goes to the head. It's for the totality of the body. Look what I've done, or look what I'm doing. It goes to who God is. It's only because of who God is that allows us to do what we're able to do. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. Do we think about that in our life? What you do, do you think about that? The life you're living, are you doing that in remembrance of who he is and what he's done? For the glory and the mercy that he's shown on our life and allowed us to be who it is that we are. That we are not able to Separate ourselves; that we are united on one with each other. When one hurts, the body hurts. We've talked about that this morning in the announcements a little bit. The loss of loved ones and, and family members, loss of loved ones of those that we know, we hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. The beauty, the majesty, the awesomeness of God and His creation. You are a part of the physical creation. Are you a part of the spiritual creation? Are you a part of the body of Christ? The only way that you can be is again acknowledging who Jesus is. That he is the Savior. The world has multitudes of ones they want to call saviors out there, but Jesus is the Savior of mankind. It's only when we're willing to confess that it's our sins that separate us from him Only when we're willing to repent of those sins and be buried with him in baptism for the remission of those sins that we can be raised to walk this new life, a living spiritual being that the Lord has added to that spiritual body, the church. Or it may be that we have begun to allow the world to pull us away from this one true love that we have. It may be that the world is trying to diminish our love that we have for the Lord. And it may be a time to renew that within our life. The bond of love. We need to respond to that invitation if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way in that decision. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.